It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Thursday, March 18th, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Holland, which will take place on Saturday, March 20th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And great to be back with you guys here for uh, part two of our doubleheader here on this uh, on this Thursday, which, you know, really doesn't mean a whole lot because it's podcast, you know, it's all downloadable and uh, you can tune into it at your own leisure uh, as fancy people would like to say and someone could be tuning into this from from 2031 so they would have no idea they would have no idea unless these podcasts are just bundled together they would have no idea that this is actually a triple header and that I'm just sitting down and just fucking ripping and tearing off these podcasts one after another but uh, I'd like to let people know that is what is happening might take a little break before the uh the NFL free agency, really, really the Vikings offseason show, um, which reminds me, I got to get Reagan Hooverman on here before the baseball season starts. I mean, you know, I got to I got to pick that guy's brain uh, when it comes to, um, you know, his thoughts on the twins and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, that's a discussion for a, another time. Uh, but, yeah, great to be back with you guys here. Um, really, really no news when it comes to the main card showdown. Like I said, uh, we'll probably have Francis getting his first ever title shot. Um, we've been doing a lot of first evers. I mean, Peyton was supposed to get his first ever title shot, did not get his picks in. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a, a new wave taking over uh, the main card showdown. You know, a lot of the um, a lot of the original people are kind of falling a little bit. You look at Drew, you look at Paige, you look at Jordan. These guys are w- way down low in the rankings. You know, they they don't matter in the rankings. You know what I mean? They're just they're they're, they're really far uh, down low in the rankings. You know, I think people like Captain and Jerry the Squirrel are probably the future, probably the future of the main card showdown. But you know, that's that's a that's a that's a different talker for another show. Maybe maybe we will do. I've thought about it. Doing a quick little main card showdown show. Uh, you know, a little like fucking seven minute show to preview uh, the main card showdown. But the problem with that is people don't get their picks in until uh, seven minutes before the uh, the fight. So I wouldn't really have a whole lot of time to uh, put one out if I wanted to do it. But I uh, I don't know. I thought about it. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll uh, I guess we'll just get right into it here. This uh, preview of UFC Fight Night: Brunson versus Holland. Uh, it looks like it'll be a lot better than last Saturday's card. Uh, a lot more ranked opponents on here. Uh, some 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 newcomers on here. Some funny names on here, which we'll get to uh, on the main card. So that's always that's always interesting. Uh, but yeah, we'll start here with the prelim opener between JP Bays and Bruno Silva. Bays comes into this one nine and two. Silva ten five and two. Uh, JP Bays is going to be the minus 150 favorite. Um, interesting little fight here in the uh, in the flyweight division. Um, you know, 
it doesn't take a whole lot to get ranked uh, at at 125. So you know, wouldn't wouldn't be uh, super crazy if somebody got a, a nice finish. They could find themselves at at number 15. I mean, that's really what happened with uh, uh, Tyson Nam. It's, it's happened with um, Suma Darji. So you know, that's kind of the cool part about flyweight for as. Uh, as weak of a division as it is, you know, sometimes you just see people flying up the division. Um, so, I don't know. People seem to, to be pretty high on, on J.P. Bays. I'm probably going to pick him to, to win this one. He's on a four-fight, five-fight winning streak, excuse me, with four stoppages. Uh, we saw him on the Contender Series beat Jacob Silva. Now taking on another Silva here. Uh, one... No, it doesn't even a win. It doesn't even have a win in the UFC. Two losses, one no contest here. Uh, he's he's. Uh, I didn't think he was in the UFC for as long as he was. But Bruno Silva still looking for win number one. Don't think he gets it against JP Bays. Although, you know, always uh, always interesting uh, when when you're looking at someone making their UFC debut because, you know, some 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 bad stuff can happen when you when you make your debut. That's just kind of the reality uh, of uh, of making your UFC debut. All right, we're moving on here to the women's bantamweight division. We'll have a fight here between Julia Avila and Julia Stoliarenko. Avila is 8-2, Stoliarenko 9-4-1. The UFC is going to have Avila sitting there at number 15 in the division. Uh, I feel like we are mirroring that. Okay, we have her at 14. So, probably someone who does not deserve to be in the rankings, if we're being completely honest, but... You know, this is this is what happens in in divisions that we don't invest in. Sometimes people just kind of creep up there. Uh, Stoliarenko, uh, this might be her third time, for sure, her second time, in, in, at least her second time in the UFC. Uh, she was on that season of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, shoot, I don't even know what season. It was so nondescript. Well, one of the last seasons before it uh, died and. Uh, kind of appears that uh, the ultimate fighter has died again before it's even uh, started so who knows when we're actually going to get the ultimate fighter but uh came back lost a fight to uh yana kunitskaya back in august and um i don't know that, see this is a thing with uh prospects in the women's divisions uh i always i always uh i always tend to get on the hype trains and then i, I, I you know i tend to get uh uh, thrown right off them because I'm just really bad at picking, uh, you know, prospects to, to go out there and, and get wins. Uh, Avila, she lost back in September to Sajara Eubanks, uh, but made uh, uh, her, her UFC de- debut against Panny Kianzad, won that one, knocked out Gina Mazzani in uh, 22 seconds. I'm going to go Avila on this one. I don't know, seems like the more dangerous fighter. Uh, Stoliarenko. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's different the second time she she's here in uh, in the UFC. Uh, gets hit with a lot of significant strikes uh, per minute. Four point eight. You look at a velo only two point two. Uh, that's uh, that's not great. Their their defense is about the same at sixty percent, but uh, for whatever reason, Stoliarenko gets uh, hit very often, very often. So yeah, we have the advantage here to Julia Avila. All right, we'll move on here to the men's bantamweight division. We're going to have a fight between Montel Jackson and Jesse Strader. Jackson is 9-2, Strader is 5-1. and one. 
Uh, we'll take a look here at the... Oh, excuse me, Anavilo was a minus 400 favorite. Uh, I believe this is by far the biggest favorite on the card here. Montel Jackson is going to be the minus 750 favorite. Uh, does not surprise me. I have never heard of Jesse Strader. Let me see here. Is this a late replacement? No, that's weird. Okay, so not even a not even a late replacement. It's not like uh, Montel Jackson had an opponent uh, fall out. They just wanted to put this fight together for some reason, and it doesn't even seem like Strader is that big of a uh, a prospect uh, because he's the you know fucking going up against a guy who is the minus 750 favorite. So not really sure. They don't even have a picture for the uh, for the lad on, on the UFC website, but. You know, Jackson's an interesting guy, 5'10", pretty tall there for uh, for 135. Uh, definitely one of those guys who goes under the, the radar. Um, lost his last fight to Brett Johns, but in between there, he had three wins. Had a, had a win over Brian Kelleher back in 2018, so, you know, that's where I first uh, uh, started to know about Montel Jackson. Uh, obviously, that's a big one. Came to the UFC with... Not a whole lot of experience. You really don't like seeing people come over with, uh, you know, six fights or five fights or, or, or whatever. Typically doesn't go well for uh, that person. But, you know, three and two in the UFC. Uh, definitely gonna favor him to win to win this one. And uh, you know, still looking for that signature signature win outside of the Kelleher uh, victory. All right, we're going to move on here to the middleweight division. We have a fight here between Trevin Giles and Roman Delizzi. Giles is 13-2. and Delizzi is 8-0. and oh. uh, Trevin Giles, he was supposed to actually, he was actually supposed to fight Dricus Duplessis, who I am fascinated in. Uh, had a, had a one hell of a knockout, one hell of a, a debut against, um, what was it, Marcus Perez? Um, so, I don't know. This this one's not 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 a bad consolation prize here. Uh, you know, always uh, always uh, you know a, a little bit of uh, specialness whenever you see uh, an undefeated fighter, a fighter who's never lost before. Uh, Delizzi is is going to be the minus one thirty five favorite. Uh, he looks like he has a shag carpet on his body. Uh, very hairy guy. So. I don't know. I wish someone would crunch the numbers on very hairy uh, UFC fighters. I wonder if that gives them an advantage or if uh, it's just nonsensical. You know, because supposedly, you know, certain things statistically don't matter in the UFC. Like uh, a height advantage, statistically, when it comes to winning and losing, does not matter in the UFC. Now, a reach advantage matters tremendously. Reach matters a lot. Age matters a lot. But things like height don't really matter. Things like weight don't really matter. Um, shoot, I forgot. I watched a really good video on like breaking down the different factors uh, in a UFC fight and, and statistically how much they matter. And uh, yeah, apparently height doesn't matter. But yeah, I don't know. Hairy chest. I mean, you don't, you don't want to be grappled by a guy with a hairy chest. I mean, that's just you know that's just gross. Let's take a sip of my uh, coffee there. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to have to go with uh, Roman Delizzi on this one. Trevin Giles, uh, he, has, he has rebounded from uh, his, well, very short losing streak. He got choked out by Zach Cummings and Gerald Mearshart. 
Really, it should have been a three-fight losing streak. We all know he lost that fight against James Krause, but that was at one of the worst pay-per-view events of all time, UFC 247. Not even because it was a bad pay-per-view, but just because the judges were so fucking terrible. 100% got that fight wrong, but he did knock out Bevan Lewis uh, back in November, so... He is on a legitimate winning streak, even though if even if it's just a one-fight winning streak. But uh, Delizzi comes from a, a part of the world where uh, they produce some pretty good fighters over there in uh, in Georgia. Uh, knocked out uh, Kadis Ibrahimov, got a split decision win over uh, John Allen, who I believe was coming down from light heavyweight. Um, actually, let me let me double check here. Is this one at light heavyweight? No, it's at middleweight. Okay, that's interesting. So Delizzi coming down, so he's probably going to be the much bigger fighter. Trevin Giles is not really that big of a of a, of a middleweight. So, I don't know. Definitely a grappler and a guy who's going to have a pretty big uh, pretty big size advantage. So, I don't know. That, uh, that would seem to favor Roman Delizzi. Although, Trevin Giles only gets hit with 1.75 significant strikes per minute. So, he actually has some pretty good defense there, but... I don't know if it's going to matter here. All right, we're going to move on here to the lightweight division. We'll have a fight between Grant Dawson and Leonardo Santos. Dawson is 16-1, and Santos 18-3-1. and uh, Actually, a, a very, very well-put-together fight here. I, I love the matchmaking. I would not have thought to have put this one together, but this one is pretty intriguing. Uh, Grant Dawson is going to be the minus 200 favorite. Um, This is a real test for Grant Dawson. Uh, Leonardo Santos, that is one of the forgotten guys in that stacked lightweight division. He's 41 years old. You know, he's he's been old for a long time, but he just keeps racking up victories. I mean, he has not lost. Actually, that was was an exhibition match. So let's let's see here. He has not lost in a UFC a professional UFC, or what the fuck am I talking? Professional professional MMA bout since 2009. He's undefeated since 2009. Let's see, six. He's on a 12 fight winning streak. Uh, now again, it's it's not over the 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 who. It's not a who's who of of the lightweight division, but you know that winning streak. Uh, it includes a, a win over uh, Efren Escudero, who won the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Anthony Rocco Martin choked him out, uh, knocked out Kevin Lee. That's probably a signature victory. Uh, knocked out Stevie Ray, uh, beat Roman Bogatov back in July at uh, UFC 251. So I, I don't know, man, for whatever reason, I think because of injuries, he doesn't fight very often. So like I said, it's a 12-fight winning streak uh, with a decision in there to Norman Park. Um so it's a, well, I guess a 13-fight unbeaten streak, but it goes back to 2009. So, you know, he's really averaging like a fucking fight a year. So that's why he never really climbs up the rankings, but he keeps fucking winning, man. So I know he's 41, but, you know, he's he was 40, he was 40 last year when he got that win, and he was 39 the year before. So that would actually say a lot to me if Grant Dawson could beat him. I think he can. Um... I don't know. Santos is an interesting uh, striker too because he is tall for the division. I think he's six foot tall. But uh, Dawson, good good wrestler as well. He's riding a seven fight winning streak. A lot of rear naked choke finishes in that in that time. 
definitely a step up for him, but he's, he's already 4-0 in the UFC. That's kind of the crazy part. Uh, I believe... I believe most of those, if not all of those, were at 145. I believe this is his lightweight debut. I don't think Ned Naramani was uh, was a lightweight, but, you know, went over Trezano, who went uh, pretty far in the Ultimate Fighter. I think he lost to... Uh, Oh, fuck. Those are the... I, I can never remember those seasons of The Ultimate Fighter just because they're so bad and nondescript. But uh, he, he went pretty far in one of the last seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. Went over uh, Julian Arosa, who... Uh, you know, he, he's been around. He's, he's, you know, starting to rack up some of the wins here during his second tenure in the UFC. So definitely has never faced someone like Leonardo Santos. Um... Boy, that's that's tough. For me, it's a pick 'em. For me, it's it's a toss up. You know, I understand that the the the, the betting, you know, whatever. It's just kind of how the money gets manipulated. Um, I'm gonna say Leonardo Santos wins this one. I don't know. It's it's super hard to pick against someone who uh, just doesn't lose. But I don't know. I do like Grant Dawson. Uh, I I think he's an interesting prospect. I, I always love uh, wrestlers in the UFC just because. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people can strike in the UFC, um, and it depends on which, which division you are. Like, I love a wrestler in the heavyweight division because nobody in that division can wrestle. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I love wrestlers. That's obviously the best base for uh, MMA, probably outside of... Uh, probably, when, when you look at the success of people in the UFC, it probably is a better base than jiu-jitsu, even though, and I'm not definitely not saying that's a bad base, um, but... I don't know, man. There's just something about Santos. I think he gets it done. I think Dawson suffers a, a, a little early career setback here against the uh, Brazilian veteran. All right. We're going to move on here to the prelim headliner. It's going to be a bantamweight fight between Marion Renault and Macy Chasson. Renault is 9-6-1. Chasson is 6-1. Chasson is going to be the minus 225 favorite. Uh, I'm picking her right off the bat. I, I'm not picking Marion Renault. I think, how old is she? She's 43 years old. 43 years old. Yeah, I'm definitely not picking. I, literally, I would pick anybody against Marion Renault. 43 years old. Awesome story, though. She's like a school teacher or something. But holy shit, a 43-year-old fighting in the women's bantamweight division where, I mean, you got to give her props. I mean, the, that just doesn't happen. Um, you know, nobody over like 35 has success in, in, in that division. Not that she's been having success because she hasn't won since uh, February of 2018. Well, oh, man, as I just shotgun the rest of that coffee there. Um, yeah, tough fighters, Zingano, Kunitskaya, Pennington, but she probably needs to hang them up here. I don't know why she's still fighting, but, uh, you know that's 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 the beauty of it. You can you can fight for any reason or no reason at all. But uh, I, I I do like Macy Macy Chasson. I wouldn't say she's the the next generation. I don't really know what she does uh, special, but you know five foot eleven. She's always going to be the bigger fighter at bantamweight. Twenty nine years old. Um, had a had a loss to uh, Lena Landsberg back in September of twenty nineteen. I believe that was the um, the fight card in Denmark. Now, I want to pull up the old trusty-dusty MMA decisions here, because I, I remember that one being a little bit controversial. I, I, don't, I don't know if Landsberg truly won that fight. 
I remember thinking Shasan won that fight, but I could be totally wrong because it was a while ago and it's not a high-level fight. Okay, every media member had it 29-28 for Landsberg, so... Uh, my apologies, not a very not very controversial, but, um, I, you know, I don't know. Let's take a look here at the women's bantamweight division. So we have Chasson at 12, Renault at 13. Boy, that would be really bad for the UFC. Actually, not really. It's not like it'd be, you know, devastating, but the UFC definitely wants Macy Chasson to win. This is such an old division. There's no legitimate prospects. Chasson's probably the second best prospect in, in that division. Uh, at least in the top 15, so it's like, boy, how many more Jermaine Durandamy and Holly Holm fucking title shots can we get? You know, our only hope for saving that division is Aspen Ladd. Aspen Ladd, which I, I think she's a fine prospect. Um, totally has a, a chance to turn around that division. I mean, if anybody's going to beat Amanda Nunes, it's probably Aspen Ladd. Again, I would obviously favor Amanda Nunes, but... So maybe that's maybe that's not uh, how impressive Aspen Ladd is. It's more how uh, uh, you know shallow that division is. But you know you're you're looking at Aspen Ladd. You're looking at at Macy Chasson. I, we just need new blood. We need new blood. And you know Renault's had some fairly big fights in the UFC. Lost a bunch of them. But um, you know she she's definitely kind of fought a who's who over her tenure in the UFC. But you know we just we just we just need someone to come in there and shake up the division. That's that's what we need more than more than anything, uh, and I and I would pick Chasson. Uh, size is obviously gonna uh, you know present interesting challenges for the uh, Belizean Bruiser. Gonna have a four-inch reach advantage, uh, five-inch height advantage. Uh, let's see here. Actually, both of these fighters have fairly good defense. Uh, they, they get hit with less than three significant strikes per minute, but Chasson definitely more active and more accurate of a striker. Although the, the defense for, for Renault, so the significant strikes absorbed are similar, but the percentages, it's 44% defense for Chasson, which is not very good, uh, able to be hit. And for Renault, it's uh, 65%, which I would not have guessed it was that high. Definitely more of a, uh, of a wrestler. 100% takedown accuracy for Marion Renault, so that is uh, a little interesting. 70% takedown defense for Chasson, so, you know, that's that's not too bad. That's not too bad, but, yeah, I think Chasson wins. Just younger, stronger, better striker, uh, probably gets it done. But, you know, again, like most female fights that I, I'd bet on, I would not bet my life on it, would not bet my life on it, because, you know, very real possibility that I'm wrong. All right here, all right here. Um, I don't know where I was going with that one, but uh, we'll move on here to the main card. We'll have a strawweight fight between Cheyenne Bays and Montserrat Ruiz. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Bays is five and one. Ruiz is nine and one. Uh, we'll take a look here at the odds. And uh, Bays is going to be the minus 365 favorite. She is the wife of J.P. Bays, who uh, is is opening the card. Uh, don't know a whole lot about either of these fighters, so this will be uh, an uh, interesting uh, crash course uh, to both of these fighters. Uh, I know a little bit more about uh, Cheyenne Bays because she did come off of the Contender Series, uh, she's only 25, so, you know, that's, that's, you know, a pretty good age to be making your UFC debut. 
uh, beat Hillary Rose. Uh, not not a very good fight. Not a very good fight from Hillary Rose. Uh, definitely seemed like someone who was on the Contender Series a little bit sooner than she probably should have been. Um, so I don't know. It's really tough to tell where where uh, Bays is because uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know that, that that's the the case for a lot of these contender series fights. You know, just you know, three and zero fighters who are there way too soon. But uh, I don't know. Tough to tell. But she does have an extensive amateur background. Eleven amateur fights, seven wins. Uh, she has a lot of losses. A lot of her losses at uh, at the amateur level were to people you would know, like v- uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. Yeah, Demopoulos, who was the LFA champ. She was. Um, she was also on the Contender Series, I want to say last year, uh, and she lost that fight. I think she's also a stripper. I think that was how her story went. She was a stripper, and then someone came in and told her about MMA or something, or it was a way to be to, to stay fit, and then uh, she just became an MMA fighter. Either way, I'm sure her parents are incredibly proud of her, so, you know, stunning and brave career choice there for uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. Uh, you got to respect it. And then a loss to Jillian Robertson and, and stuff like that. So she has been there. She has been in there against some of some of the fighters you might know. I guess I'm going to pick her just because I, I do not know anything about Ruiz, uh, except for she's uh, 28 years old. 28 years old. Uh, did lose to Danielle Taylor over in Invicta. That's her only loss. But uh, let's, I mean... Eight of her nine wins are against uh, uh, complete nobodies, but, but even even nobodies at the amateur level, because because like he, there's there's a difference between like being an American amateur and being like uh, a Russian amateur or like I guess that's stereotyping, but like um, there, there's there's fighters like any Russian fighter who comes over undefeated, go to Tapology, look at their look at their opponents' records. It's always like you could see this with Khabib. Um, you know, uh, he came over, fuck, maybe like 16 and 0. 12 of his, of his, of his wins were against people with like no wins or zero and zero records or three and 27 records, you know, just against, which whatever, you know, people, I'm not saying you never can have a win over someone, someone like that at the regional level. Like, obviously that's, there's a progression to it all. But, you know, when I see people like when I see Ruiz, okay. Beat Sarah Sines two and zero when she was seven and zero. Beat Sarah Orozco one and one when she was six and zero. When she was five and zero, she fought Jasmine Gonzalez who was zero and zero. When she was four and zero, she fought uh, Pamela Gonzalez who was zero and two. So it's just like, okay, like so we're just padding your so it's boxing. We're just padding your records. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying when you're a three and zero fighter on the regional scene you have to fight you know, a goddamn world champion, but, you know, there's, there's a, there's, you know, there's a Cheyenne Bay's background where she actually fights fighters who are talented and might lose a fight, but she's definitely fighting people at her level and, and progressing, I guess, assume, assuming she's progressing, but, and, and then there's the, I'm just going to pad my record against complete nobodies and my record's going to look really, really good, but I haven't really done anything. So for that reason alone, I'm going with Cheyenne Bays, and I guess because it's on the main card, I gotta come up with a uh, prediction here. I'm gonna say just a decision, a decision. Definitely not, uh, definitely not gonna predict a uh, a finish. 
All right, we're going to move on here to the welterweight division where Max Griffin, Max Payne Griffin, get it? Because, you know, maximum pain. Max Griffin is going to take on Kinan Song. Griffin is 16 and 8. Song is 16 and 5. We'll take a look here at the odds coming from Odds Shark. And Griffin's going to be the minus 190 favorite. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Griffin on this one. Uh, cool dude. Liked one of my tweets on Twitter. So, you know, that's obviously a really good metric for whether or not I'm a fan of you. You know what I mean? Because Max, Max Griffin is a fan of the mailman. Uh, you know what I mean? That's why I'm a big fan of Jalen Ware, the former Alabama tackle who played, like, four games in the NFL because... You know, he liked one of my tweets, so you know what I mean? Basically, Max Griffin is my biggest fan, is what I'm trying to say, but, uh, you know, he's a tough fighter. Again, the the record is not going to wow you. Uh, I think this is going to be a a, a tough, tough, gritty fight. I I could really see this, seeing, uh, Jesus Christ, my brain is just turning into Brendan Schaub's uh, as the show goes on. Probably why I should not do a triple header of shows. Uh, (laughs) Probably not a good idea. But I could see this one being fight of the night. You know, good old slugfest. Uh, Griffin is 35. A lot of losses on his record. Now, he did uh, beat Ramiz Brahimaj back in November. But outside of that, he is 3-7 three, three and seven in his last 10. But again, you got to give respect to the guy. Uh, always takes on the toughest opponents. I mean, he is... If the UFC wants somebody... To, to try to get a win, they're just going to put him up against Max Griffin. I mean, Covington, Alessio Zaleski Dos Santos, Mike Perry, who he beat, uh, Curtis Millinder, Thiago Alves, Alex Morono, Alex Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira. So, I mean, this this guy definitely fights the best of the best. And uh, Kinan Song, uh, 31 years old. He's, he is on a two-fight winning streak, but again, has not fought the uh the the level of competition that max griffin has fought you know he's got a a nice knockout over callan potter a win over Derek krantz uh which you know underrated one and that guy's a lot of regional experience very uh dangerous with the uh, submission game uh the only common opponent was uh, alex morono and uh song kanan lost to uh, alex morono but uh i'm I'm definitely gonna go with uh, max griffin on this one uh, again, he's going to have a huge, huge reach advantage, five and a half inches. Um, but I, I think this will be a good one. Uh, Song Kanong, 5.52 significant strike uh, strikes absorbed per minute. That is just astronomically high. Don't see this one going to a uh, decision. So I'm going to go... Let's look at Max Griffin's recent record here. Hmm... I'm going to go round three TKO. Round three TKO for Max Griffin. That's just 5.52. It's just way too many to be getting hit with. That is remarkably high. All right, we're going to move on here on the main card to the bantamweight division. Adrian Yanez taking on Gustavo Lopez. Yanez is 12 and 3. Lopez, 12 and 5. Take a look at the odds here. Yanez is going to be the minus 225 favorite. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of contender series fights going on on this uh, fight card. So you know that's always interesting seeing some of these young fighters. 
you know, potentially blow up. I mean, really, you're just one great performance from from people knowing your name. And uh, I'm definitely going Adrian Yanez on on this one. I forget who said this. Um, might have even, even uh, have been Dana White saying that Adrian Yanez is the fucking bantamweight version of Jorge Masvidal. So, I don't know. Maybe because they look alike. Uh, I, I don't know. But, you know, that's pretty high praise. I mean, Dana definitely knows what he's talking about. I mean, he doesn't... Uh, I think he, I think he's learned his lesson about you know trying to speak glowingly about fighters when there's nothing there, you know saying that Felipe Nover was the next George Saint Pierre. So you know when Dana White gives a compliment, um, I don't know. I tend to believe that uh, he believes it. But uh, yeah, had a great contender series performance, knocked out Brady Huang in 39 seconds. Uh, probably, probably. I mean, that could have been the best performance on the Contender Series for the 2020 season. I'd have to really sit down and think about it, but definitely top three. That was a great performance. Came to the UFC, first round knockout of Victor Rodriguez. So, you know, this guy's on a roll. Um, you know, he's he's uh, he's definitely hot, uh, a good striker. Uh, and, uh, you know, Gustavo Lopez, he has been around the UFC for uh, a couple of fights. Made his debut against Marab Davalishvili. That is a fucking tough one. That is a tough one. Came back, choked out Anthony Burchak. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go Yanez first-round knockout. I, I don't know. I think this guy is is really special. I, I think he's a, he's a good striker. Uh, slight reach advantage. But uh, I don't know. Whenever whenever I see uh, someone like Yanez, uh, I, I get excited for the division. And uh, I don't know. Putting him in the bantamweight division... You know, this is one of those guys, if Dana White's kind of already identifying this guy as, uh, you know, the bantamweight version of Jorge Masvidal, um, I, I don't know, he might get that promotional push. You know, some fighters get the push and, and some fighters don't. Uh, obviously, he's going to have to put in the work that is the deepest division in the UFC, the bantamweight division. I don't care what anybody says. Welterweight's awesome. Lightweight's awesome. Featherweight is getting stacked, but you, bantamweight by far is the most stacked division right now in the UFC. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So Yanez is going to have uh, uh, a tough time, like anybody else, climbing the rankings at bantamweight. But I do think he'll have that promotional push. You know, he is on the main card here. I mean, that's that's not by uh, not by accident. You know, they, they put a lot of thought into uh, card placement. Even even if you disagree with it, there's there's always a reason for uh, them putting a fighter where they put him. And uh, yeah, I don't know. But see, also the good thing about the bantamweight division being so deep is that you're gonna have no shortage of like I don't I don't want to say like cherry picked matchups, but like tailored matchups for Yanez. Like you, you don't you don't have to put them against like gross fighters for for lack of a better term. Like you really can kind of play with the matchmaking and and kind of squeeze the most out of the guy and, and and you know try to maybe make him look in a good light to you know whatever degree you can do that without making it sound like you're rigging it uh but yeah we'll, we'll go first round uh knockout from adrian yanez all right we're gonna move on here to the featured bout in the heavyweight division between ty bam bam tuivasa and harry hunsucker harry hunsucker tuivasa is 11 and 3 hunsucker is 7 and 3 uh, we'll take a look here at the odds, uh, and there are no odds. I would have to imagine Tuivasa is the fucking heavy favorite in this one. Uh, although, uh, you know, 
whatever. He's he's kind of getting he, he got back to his winning ways, but he was definitely on a little bit of a losing streak there uh, after the Arlovsky victory. Got knocked out by JDS, a loss to Blagoj Ivanov, and then a loss to Spivak. Knocked out Stefan Struve. So, you know, back to his winning ways. I believe he got cut after this after the Spivak fight. So, I don't know. This guy was. Uh, I don't know if you know if he would have beat JDS. What a different career trajectory this guy could have taken. I mean, you know, JDS, Rafael dos Anjos, um. Damian Maya. I don't know why I'm just naming Brazilians. But, like, there are certain guys in certain divisions where if you beat them, your career is just going to fucking, ru- you know, it's to the moon. It's to the moon. Um, you know, because the UFC, like, look at any fighter who's ever beaten RDA in the last, like, four years. The UFC rewards them so much because they have so much respect for fighters like that. And um, they have a lot of respect for JDS. So if he would have beat uh, beaten him probably would have, would have been one fight away from a title shot um obviously didn't go his way here uh harry hunsucker that is unbelievable that that's his name uh he is seven and three he he lost on the contender series and then picked up another win on the regional scene so they're just picking him up and, and signing him uh definitely gonna go to ivasa first round knockout i think he just flatlines him uh, such a skill gap here between these two fighters. Uh, it would it would legitimately shock me if Harry Hunsucker won this fight. Uh, interesting uh, looking guy. I mean, these are two shorter heavyweights. You know, a little bit of little bit of love handles on on these uh, gentlemen. But uh, yeah, Harry Hunsucker. Jesus Christ, that is. I guess even Harold. It's just, I guess it's just a last name, but Harry. Ugh, I don't know. That's 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 first team all. Terrible name, like that. That is that is like an all time name right there. I don't know, man. At that point, you just start going by like your middle name or something. I don't know. I don't know what his middle name would be, but uh, God damn, I can't get over how ridiculous of a name that is. Alrighty, here we're gonna move on to the co-main event. And we'll have a lightweight bout here between Gregor Gillespie and Brad Riddell. Gillespie 13 and 1, Riddell 9 and 1. We'll take a look at the North Star Sports rankings here. And we will have Gregor Gillespie just barely holding on, barely holding on to that number 15 ranking in the lightweight division. Uh, Brad Riddell, I think. I, he's probably number 16, to be honest, because we have definitely thought about putting Brad Riddell in the rankings. Um, shoot, who did, he, who did he just fight? Yeah, that win over Alex Da Silva. We really thought about putting him in the rankings. He's 3-0 in the UFC. You know, obviously, uh, I think he was a coach over at City Kickboxing, and then, uh, you know, he, he's an active fighter as well. Or no, maybe he was a coach up in uh, up in uh, Tiger Muay Thai or whatever, but a fighter at uh, City Kickboxing. Um, really, really, really good striker. Really high-level striker uh, versus a really high-level wrestler in Gregor Gillespie. And I hate to stereotype them because I'm sure they're I'm sure they're two well-rounded gentlemen. 
and I'm sure Gillespie can strike, and I'm sure Riddell can can wrestle. But uh, you know, in my estimation, uh, Gillespie is an incredibly talented grappler, and and Riddell is an incredibly talented striker. You know, I think it's very easy to forget how good Gregor Gillespie is. You know, this is not a guy who cares about being active, and I'm not just saying that because he hasn't fought since 2019. But you know, a really a really interesting guy. You know, listening to some of his interviews, like he just cares about fishing just likes fishing. Um, I don't know. I kind of like people like uh, Gregor Gillespie because they're just, uh, they're built differently. Like, I don't know. I don't think he really cares about fighting in the UFC. And I, I don't even mean that in a bad way. He's just a really chill guy. Like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to convey, but, um, you know, he obviously is, is most famous for getting uh, absolutely murked in front of our uh, president by uh, Kevin Lee back at UFC 244 but you know before that he was putting together quite the uh quite the stretch of of wins I mean it, up until that point he was 6-0 and in the UFC uh winning a lot of his fights uh, only one fight went to a decision and that was the first fight on the winning streak I mean uh choking out Jason Gonzalez knocking out Jordan Rinaldi choking out Vince Pichel knocking out uh Yancy Medeiros so you know Though, again, wasn't doing it against ranked opponents, but he was doing it against, you know, UFC veterans, you know, at least a handful of them. So this is a very, very tough one to pick. Uh, I don't think I got to the uh, odds here. So Gillespie is actually going to be the minus 250 favorite. Uh, I am going to go with Gillespie. I hate to count Riddell out. Certainly possible that uh, that he wins this fight, but I just think wrestling beats striking most of the time. And... I don't know. I think Gillespie's probably a better wrestler than Riddell is a striker. I just, I don't know, man. It, it, it would be very, very easy, and I'm sure we'll see this on Twitter and in other uh, other shows that people are counting out uh, Gillespie, but I don't know, man. I, you know, it's easy to hate him because he's got a man bun, and that is just, you know, embarrassing, but uh, I don't think he has a man bun anymore, so I think it's okay to, to cheer for him. But, you know, I think, I think he picks up the win, and... Uh, Really, really, the the most interesting part for me is, is there a finish? Because Riddell could knock out Gregor Gillespie. Gillespie definitely could uh, could uh, knock out or choke out, really ground and pound or choke out uh, Brad Riddell. But uh, this one could be fight of the night. I don't know how long it will last, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like you got to go with uh, Gregor Gillespie on this one. Although Brad Riddell, and again, a little bit of lower level competition not the biggest sample size, landing six significant strikes per minute with 59% uh, significant strike accuracy. So, you know, that's it's pretty pretty high, pretty high, although Gillespie 2.14 uh, significant strikes absorbed per minute, 60% defense, really good defense between both sides. So I'll go Gillespie. Uh, and I guess I'll go round two submission. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. Obviously, I'll probably change it before the uh, the main card showdown, but uh, yeah, we'll go Gillespie. All right, we're going to move on here to the main event of the evening between Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. Derek Brunson is 21-7, Holland is 21-5. We'll take a look here at our North Star Sports rankings, where we will see that Brunson is sitting there at number 5, Holland is sitting there at number 13. Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised this fight happened. Uh, you know, 
after Brunson's last performance, I really thought that they were just going to make him fight, you know, a Whitaker or a Cannoneer. I really thought they were going to have him fight someone up in the rankings, but I guess I'm not surprised they had him fight someone significantly lower in the rankings. Um, I don't know where the UFC has Kevin Holland ranked. I want to say they have him ranked. You know what? I'm going to look that up because I want to say they have him ranked like crazily high and not and not that he's not a good fighter or not, you know, not that he, he won't be champ or something like that, but it's just... There, there's a methodology to methodology to the rankings, and I don't think that uh, the UFC follows that, or the well, whatever crack smoking media members, um, you know, are a part of that. So they have him at number ten. All right, that's oh, they have Brunson at seven, uh, Holland at ten. Uh, whatever. They're, I mean, they're wrong, but uh, uh, yeah, no, this this should be a good one. Definitely, definitely gonna pick Kevin Holland in this one. That dude just has something. Uh, tremendously special about him. I would love to see him fight Adesanya. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if he beats Brunson, he takes on Adesanya. Maybe he has to get another top win because you do have deserving guys like uh, like Whitaker. But if we get a Whitaker title shot out of the way, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts, but I, I would love to see him fight Adesanya. I think stylistically, that's brilliant. Uh, he's probably going to have the grappling advantage on Adesanya. The striking is probably going to be comparable. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I guess I'm going to give Adesanya the advantage just because you got to pay respect to the champ. But Kevin Holland is just a different fucking breed. I mean, I went back and rewatched that knockout of uh, Jacare Souza. I mean, I've never seen a knockout like that. I've never seen a knockout like that from that angle on the ground with no power. You know, not even really being able to turn your hips. Just literally just moving your arm and getting the power to knock out someone just a blue chip prospect blue chip prospect uh you know got that travis looter uh bjj background and he does a lot of those uh uh you know submission underground or whatever you want to call i guess that's a specific uh organization but does a lot of those like uh submission wrestling things too so i love to see that you know i've been saying that for a while with him too you know, you hate seeing someone who has a strength like he does with striking and just never training anything else. Just, oh, my striking will get me by. No, Kevin Holland is working on that ground game. I think he's really good on the ground, but people just probably don't realize it because of how good his striking is. So I just love to see that. A guy who uh, is is definitely improving himself in, in all aspects. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man. He's, he's on a five-fight winning streak. And he's had some scary victories in in that in that little stretch there. I mean, obviously the Buckley knockout was just insane. Just murked him. Just oh, knocked him back with it with that one. Uh, the little the little weird split decision win over Darren Stewart. Okay, uh, basically broke the neck of Charlie Ontivero, uh, Ontiveros. Yeah, Charlie Ontiveros. Uh, and then and then the the Souza win. But you know, this is definitely going to be the toughest fighter that he's he's fought. But I think he's uh, I think he's ready for it. Um, and you know, I don't know. I, I I think I think no matter which Brunson we see, Holland's still going to win. I mean, whether or not we see the marauding Brunson that just moves forward and just tries to knock you out, I think actually if we see that, he gets finished in the first round. But if he's the more patient. Uh, Brunson that we've seen in the last handful of fights, I think he gets knocked out in round two or round three. Uh, I don't see this one going to a decision. Uh, it is possible Brunson wins. I, you know, I hate to count the guy out. He's been counted out 
a lot in his career and continues to win a lot of fights still. Um, but man, it's just so hard to pick against uh, against Kevin Holland. And Kevin Holland is only the minus 175 favorite, so it probably would not even be worth it if you were a better to bet on on Holland. Like you wouldn't really make a whole lot of money on that. Um, I mean, really, I don't understand. Like, because like people still bet on Amanda Nunes, even though she's like the minus 1200 favorite. I don't get that. I don't. I don't understand. I think if you bet on someone who's not an underdog, <coughs> excuse me. If you bet on someone who's a favorite, I think you just have a gambling problem. You know what I mean? Because it's like, why would you? Where's the fun in that? You know what I mean? Like, I guess if it's your full-time job, but it's like, why wouldn't? Like, if I ever, if I ever were to bet, I would only ever bet on underdogs who, like, I think I know something that other people don't know about them. You know, like, wow, I got a really good feeling about this guy. Like, why would you ever bet, like, less money than you'd win? So I, I don't, I don't really understand, uh, understand that. The odds are not in favor of Kevin Holland. Uh, if you were looking to put money on it, unless you really just think that he's uh, a sure thing, which you know, I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, he's uh, he's uh, you know, slowly becoming a dominant force in the division. Uh, Brunson, pretty much dead even, uh, throwing and absorbing significant strikes. Uh, Kevin Holland, he does get hit a little bit. He absorbs more significant strikes than Brunson. Higher defense, but he lands 63%, and that's. Uh, it's pretty darn high, pretty darn high, 66% takedown accuracy. The the takedown defense uh, could be improved, but uh, I don't know. I guess the, the only way I could see Brunson winning, and again, you know, watch him just knock out Kevin Holland with, you know, a wild haymaker. You know, obviously you guys know anything can happen, so when I say I can't see, you know, you got to realize anything can happen, but really, you know, the only way I see him winning is if uh, he catches him and just puts him out, or I don't know, he takes him down and submits him. But he's he doesn't really he's not really known for submitting people, but he is a he is a wrestler. So it's just you know I don't know, man. I think this is a perfect fight for Kevin Holland. It's going to put him inside the top five, at least in our rankings. I guess it puts him at number seven or whatever in the UFC's you know Mickey Mouse rankings. But uh, you know. I, I think, and really, there's a lot. There's a lot to gain for Brunson because, really, you know, like I always say, clout uh, can't really be created or destroyed. It really can only be transferred. So, you know, not that you would steal all of his clout if you beat him, but you know, if you beat the hype train, then you know, you kind of get the you reap the rewards of the hype train to some degree. So, you know, it's not somebody up in the rankings, but you know, like like Uncle Chael says, you know, sometimes you won't get a you won't get a title shot off of a victory, but if you can just go from from main event to main event you know that's that's not bad you know you never want to go down so uh you know as long as Brunson keeps getting main events you know you're not in the worst spot in the world uh and um you know I don't know but but again but again I I see Kevin Holland winning this one and I see him probably knocking out Brunson I mean Brunson has been knocked out uh a fair amount of times knocked out by Whitaker knocked out by Souza knocked out by Izzy uh knocked out by Romero knocked out by uh, well, Jacare, uh, again. So I don't know. He's definitely, the knockout is definitely there. And if it's there, I, I have a funny feeling Kevin Holland is going to find it. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up here again. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star, North Star M I N. Check out our website at North Star Sports media. And thanks for tuning in everybody.